I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean, either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched, if I do say so myself. I've noticed that, and I think our listeners have noticed too, because I've been picking up on a bunch of TikTok comments that have been like, you're glowing recently. So hats off to Dime. No one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine. The work system from Dime Beauty has everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. Hi, everyone. It's me, Lara Marie Shane Halls, the host of Sexy Unique Podcast. And before, and before I get into this week's Road to Sir episode, I need to say a few things. Number one, this week's episode is formatted a little bit differently. Um, originally, I was going to release the audio of the SUP Live show, but there was some sort of problem with the recording of the audio and only the last 29 minutes of the show ended up surviving. So 
Carrie and I are recording Kristen's Road to Sir up into the point of the live show and then it will switch over into live show mode because I wanted you to get a taste. It was literally the most fun night ever and the show was so amazing that I didn't want to just like lose it and not be able to share it with you. So at some point you will have the jarring realization that you're no longer listening to a podcast of me and Carrie in my apartment. It's going to be a podcast of SUP Live. So keep an ear out for that. Uh, you really can't miss it. And uh, another thing, perhaps the most important thing that I want to say is a huge, huge thank you to all my patrons on Patreon. You guys made you made it possible for me to do this live show because you make it possible for me to do this podcast every week. I always say this, but it's true. You guys make my dream a reality. And without you, there would be no Sexy Unique podcast and there'd be no Babe podcast and there'd be no Saving Sex in the City 3. I feel blessed every single day that I get to watch this incredible show and make up these stories about the characters that we love so much. And I love making these episodes for you guys. I love doing the bonus episodes and I look forward to doing much more for you. So if you have listened to this podcast and loved it and want to become a patron of the Sex Unique podcast, it's very easy. You just have to go to www.patreon.com slash podcast, and it is there that you will find everything you need to know to become a supporter of SUP. For as little as $1 per episode, you will have access to weekly bonus episodes. Um, you'll have access to all throwback episodes that cover seasons one and two, and not only that, but if you decide to become a patron between now and the end of October, you will get a very special sticker that says Vanderpump Rules is a show for geniuses. So there's really nothing to lose and everything to gain. Again, if you want to learn more, you can go to www.patreon.com slash podcast for more details. And now, without further ado, I bring to you this week's episode of SUP. This is the Sexy Unique Podcast, an exploration of Vanderpump Rules. Ain't nobody got me feeling like I'm feeling you. And I'm your host, Lara Marie Shane Hall. Everybody freeze, put your hands up. We ain't about to take it easy, I hope you cakes up. London with the beat, yeah, we go so in. Come a girl with a friend, you be both win. Hi, 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 hi. Hello. Um, Carrie is having... I'm having a crisis. He's in crisis. I keep seeing... I've mentioned it before, <laughs> but I keep seeing the bouncer of TomTom everywhere I go in WeHo. What I does liter- it mean? I, know, I literally... I was just saying, I literally was in an Uber today on Fountain Avenue. Doesn't mean anything if you don't live <laughs> here, but... And I just happened at this moment to glance out the window for a second and I saw him walking. So this is the he third was time. Papers. <laughs> this is the fourth time. This is the fourth time you've I've seen, seen him. him. I think I've seen him four times now. Okay, so I've he's... seen him at Whole Foods, I've seen him at Chaconis, I've seen him somewhere else. I think at the gym. And I saw him today. 
So or maybe he's not. Maybe it was three times. Haunting you. He's haunting me, and it's. I don't want to see him. You know, like it's not like a thing I need to be seeing. Like this, per, this British boy. But like I just keep seeing this like lad, this broy straight, this, this dapper straight, dandy. not even dapper. He was. I mean, he was. He looked like a dude in like leisure wear today really oh, he's always in like a leisure yeah suit. but he was carrying papers and like in a hurry but i what is that the, the moment like i wasn't i was on my phone and i wasn't even looking out like i just and then you just look them. and catch him i just saw him the like universe a is of light trying to tell you something but i can't for the life of me decipher its message other than maybe you need to go back to tom tom and get those buffalo the buffalo cauliflower. cauliflower. I think we need to go back. I yeah. think it's calling to us. I've been craving those cauliflower wings. We should go back. I like that they're called buffalo cauliflower wings when they are not a buffalo sauce. No. It's like a Chinese it's kind like of sauce. Teriyaki-ish. Yeah. But and like tempura something. It's like a sesame chicken sauce, but yeah. on cauliflower. So fucking good. But the lines have dwindled. The line <laughs> You were the buzz you called it. Gone. Oh yeah. That I was like, it's gonna be like Studio Fifty Four, and you were like, no, Carrie. I was it's... like, honey, everyone has to go. Like, I went five times, I know. and then I've never gone back. But well, I will, because you know why. It's spooky there. It's, it's good spooky. for Halloween. It's great for Halloween. The but passage I, of time. But the passage of time is reflected in me seeing this motherfucker all over the city. I and think it, it's trying to call. Like, it's like a si- He's like a siren. He's or, like a siren to you trying to call you home to Tom Tom. Maybe. Or it's like a sign from the universe that everything is chaos and nothing means that. Like, I honestly don't think there's a reason other than just like, I'm in this. You're, li- you're in I'm, Miho. I'm in this like plasma orb of VPR, like from doing this podcast so much with you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like in it and I, I'm just seeing, it's like. You know when you close your eyes and you see like green orbs? Yeah. Sometimes like if you're looking at the sun or like if it's sunny yeah. out, that's what I'm seeing. It's like him. It's mm-hmm. like like little like flickers of my subconscious and he's there. It's a reminder. It's a reminder. He's a gentle spirit to see. He's it's yeah, it's not like, like it's a, not like jarring no, like No, it's not like see. House of Haunting Hill. Yeah. Or Haunting, Haunting of <laughs> Fuck, which is a great show. Yeah. But like it's not like seeing like jacks or like no that's heavy and like feels malevolent mm-hmm. when i see jacks in a way because one i'm like god he's so hot in person and like i feel like a, an asshole for even thinking he's hot yeah he's really hot he's so hot Kristen it's, posted recently a photo of her that one of her yeah, and jacks i was gonna send that to you that was like if stassi gets katie and schwartz i, I get, get these too and i was like we're home honey like just like really weirds me out like i can't get over them fucking to drive like that's what i think about every time i see her and jacks together and mm-hmm. when i see her and jacks and britney together i feel like They've, maybe they have threesomes i think they must right or like she watches them while yeah. smoking a cig and like holding a gun she <laughs> has a ladder and she sneaks up to their the window of their apartment like and Clarissa. peers yeah and peers into their wed wedding lair mm-hmm. and then watches them fornicate i think it's more like we're doing this and they just do it and she just like sits there and goes like she pulls a gun out of her handbag she and she goes has a gun yeah Kristen has had a gun forever <laughs> <laughs> she loves firearms she loves firing warning shots <laughs> <laughs> everywhere she goes she's like pulls a gun out of her bag and she's like 
you're fucking now do it and, and then like, britney's like right. Kristen, and then she goes into this what did i say <laughs> but she just like she fires warning shots like everywhere yeah like, she'll be she'll just walk into like cvs and like for no reason she'll just like fire it at the ceiling and and everyone will just look at her and she'll be like you heard me right <laughs> You heard me, and then like carry on. Yeah, and then she leaves. Yeah, then she, she leaves. She really prefers Rite Aid. Yeah, she loves Rite Aid. She lives for. I was Rite at Rite Aid, Aid today. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't see Kristen <laughs> on La Brea, which is the darkest Rite Aid. Ooh, mm-mm. <laughs> right next to the AT and T no, store. No, that's a no for me. But she's, she's a, uh, yeah, she's she's special. Yeah, I think Jax is probably the person I see the most, which is a terrifying. And he then, knows who you are. And he knows who I am, but there's no acknowledgement. And but to take it back to that photo of them, Jax was looking so hot in that pic. Smoldering. I was like, what the fuck? Britney's they look both look good. I don't know how they do it. It's all the product that they're pumping out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. They just use it on themselves, I guess. And then they maybe pl- it works. They like plump it into their faces they're always like injecting and britney has those like high arch eyebrows now Have yeah i think that? she got like an eye lift or something yeah. she has like they're very it's very dramatic it's like, like kind of kardashian it's like kind of chloe kardashian a little bit it's a little tbd yeah i think they all love to take it so far i know it almost they feels like to they're push like it to the limit they, they push it to the limit and they, it feels like they're almost like trolling us yeah they're like you they want to see if we notice. Yeah. yeah. You don't think I will? I'll fucking do it. I feel like your Tom Tom bartender sightings is like Alice in Wonderland. And if you were to follow him, he would lead you down the rabbit hole. Maybe I should just follow him. I think you should follow him next time. <laughs> and, and then and he'll then... like call the police. <laughs> <laughs> he'll be like this like tall gay thing is like this tall gay stalking thing. me. <laughs> And I'll be like, no! I'll have you like start my... to follow me, turn around, and you go, hey, mama, to you. <laughs> Hello, mama. Hello, mama. I see you there. I think he wouldn't even be threatened. He'd just be like, come with me. And then like, yeah. it's like Willy Wonka. I'm going to start to follow you without you knowing. <laughs> okay. so then you follow him, and then I can talk you in the whole thing. We wear silly glasses. I pull it like wear yeah. like a Samantha Jones disguise when mm-hmm. she like catches Richard cheating. Yeah. And like a short pixie cut wig and a trench coat. <laughs> like who is this trench coat lady following me in LA? And you lower them. I'm like, it's not Lara. <laughs> Go about your business. Oh, it's not her. Follow me with a drone. Oh, easy. Wow. Need to add a drone to the wish list. <laughs> Anyone out there? We're gonna, we just need a drone you're in not your limited. apartment. I need a drone in my apartment building so I can just like confront my neighbor who lets her dog shit where I can just like film her doing it and then create a super cut video set to like a Fiona Apple song and then play it for her and be like, I know that you're still letting your dog shit in the courtyard Fast because I caught can, it on baby. my drone. <laughs> and then it slows down certain parts. <laughs> can you imagine if there was a drone in your apartment right now and then the background the listeners would be like what the fuck is that whirring noise <laughs> and it's like oh it's our drone oh we're just it, capturing this on drone it's our pod drone yeah <laughs> should i start filming this podcast via drone yeah like there's like weird swedish stream gaming streamers always yeah. have like 
they're always filming themselves on a drone on the camp i mean potentially at me when there's a drone involved <laughs> have you ever seen that video of the of the ghost that's like a drone with like a ghost decoration on it no like a banshee like like scream ghost <laughs> and, it's in, and, it, and it has like pterodactyl arms or something and it just like it's flying around <laughs> it's a drone actually <laughs> that's me i need a drone in my life we all need a drone we need a drone like yesterday martha stewart has drones does she she wrote a time op-ed why i love my drone and it was just For her time magazine it was just her talking about like how she can like see her vast gardens from the sky and that seems chill like a chill thing to do with a drone but i always imagine because blake is her next door neighbor i think blake oh, lively yeah in Bed- bedford new york and mm-hmm. i always would love to imagine blake like peering out of her kitchen window when martha has the drones up and just going like there they are mm-hmm they're out again. Martha's drones are out again. Martha's droning. She says to Ryan. Yeah. He has like a pupusa. Mm-hmm. Baby pupusa. He's like, again? Again? And she's like, yeah. Let's have another baby. Should we have another kid? He's like, yeah. That's all their combos. <laughs> it's either talking about Martha Stewart's drones or like, should we have another kid? Yeah. And then she's like, I baked some pumpkin bread. He's he goes, like, I love fall. She goes, me too. <laughs> Should we have another kid? And he's like, yeah. Definitely. I'm doing Deadpool 4. Yeah. And she's like, cool, I'm doing... She's know, like, I'm s- trying my hand at some other genre and, to see if it sticks. And somehow being a box office draw. Did you see that s- movie where Simple she wears favor? a suit? Yeah. No, but like all her movies do well. I need to watch Age of Adeline. So fucking good. it is so good i watched like the first 20 minutes and i think i was really stoned and forgot that i had watched the it's first like two and a half hours yeah and then i turned on my tv again like a week later and it was just the dvd menu of age of adeline and i was like wow it's a wild movie it's harrison wild. ford is in that movie funny that we're talking about age of adeline. i know it is actually like serendipitous but she invests in xerox in like the 60s no and then like she is talking to her accountant when she's like, you know, in the modern times and she's literally been alive for like a hundred years. And he's like, God, your, your net worth is like $300 million. And she's like, yeah, it's just made some smart investments. And she invested in <laughs> Xerox. I feel like the only way to invest is if you're going to live forever. Right. Because why not? What else are you going to do? Yeah, There's nothing else to do and things. Inflation has to happen. So if you're ever finding yourself cursed, that it's just a, it's a wild movie because it's like it's basically like Serena Vanderwood's in mm-hmm. living forever and it's just as Blake Lively does in a lot of her movies just her saying things to people and then running away yeah and walking away like in Gossip Girl she would go up to someone and like she would have done something like actually like deplorable and she would go up to someone and be like and I'm really sorry that I did that to you but you have to think about that now and then she would walk away and they'd be like wait <laughs> <laughs> what but Blake has always mystified me. Listen, she has done it. She's she has done transitioned it. from TV to like, she's like an A-list film star now because of The Shallows. My favorite moment of The Shallows is when they finally cut to like, it's like when Blake first gets out to like her special surf spot. Mm-hmm. And then she like, there's like this huge montage of her just like shredding waves. Oh, yeah. And it literally looks like 
the CGI budget, they had like they were like, okay, we just have to use like a Snapchat filter and like replace Blake's face on this surfer's body. If it's you like surfer, surfer check, yeah, if you slow it down, it literally <laughs> is just like a cutout face that kind of tracks onto a body as Blake is surfing. It's so I low bad. I love when she, in that moment when she's like, these guys are like, do you want us to help? You know, we'll show you the ropes, and she's like, I got it from here, and then she like. And it's like in the shallows. Yeah, and she's just like doing crazy surfing. Floaty Snapchat face, like trying to keep up with the body. Yeah, it's the same thing. Crazy. That's like the cutting edge technology now. It's just Snapchat filters. That was. I mean, I love that movie so much, and that moment was like it was a. It was, I was like cringing so hard though. Cause I was like, wow, this is so bad. And like, I hope like it was, I, in a way where I was like, I hope no one notices cause I wanted it to do well. And I was like, I hope no one sees this. You like write a press release and you're like, I just, just send so it you out. Know, you send it out. Just so you know, that's actually really hard to do. And they did it really well. They did a really good job. I feel like she turns like does her triple axel so fast. That the face like lags a little bit to the side and then like <laughs> finally fat. Like, again. It's like contact when Jodie Foster's in the wormhole and her face keeps like, <laughs> like, because the time space thing. It yeah. was like I was like, whoa, she's in like a contact wormhole. <laughs> I love like any director making these choices <laughs> to just like throw the Snapchat filter <laughs> on the blonde actress is wild, and uh, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. And only like a male director could get away oh, with those yeah. kind of shenanigans. Like a woman would be like, "This is not a woman." They'd be like, "Look real. at this fucking amateur!" This like, like a woman A would never do. She that. would never even have that instinct. I'd be like, then, "Let's just not have her surf. Like we can just cut to shark stuff, yeah. and everyone will just know she's a surfer." But, but the men is like the man's like. No, we got to see her. Like, yeah, we uh, need the actions about actions. It's about actions about her surfing. They won't believe her. She, why is she out there? She's not actually surfing. <laughs> they probably got notes in both of those screenings, like test screenings, where a woman was like, actually, like, yeah. when they do the stunt and it like the face thing kind of moves like it took me out of it and, and then like all like, the men in the audience like threw cans at her they're and, like, like classic at her. are you on your fucking period yeah yeah oh you ruined buzzkill boo uh, can you fuck just suspend you. your disbelief this is cinema get out of here and then she like walked out of the theater and was like god i have like a film degree yeah glad i really I'm glad i invested in this yeah <laughs> <laughs> That's literally my life is like glad I went to film school. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Well. You did. I am. I did it. And now you're here. And I'm here making magic. We needed. Okay. So today's Road to Sir deals with the one and only Kristen Doty. Mm-hmm. And full disclosure for anyone that's listening. We did this. At a live show. At a live show. Which was so fun. Which was so fun and incredible. But the audio, something happened with the recording and only the last 29 minutes of that show survived. <sighs> so here We're we are again. Retrace the road to Sir Kristen Doughty. Yeah. And I feel like Kristen kind of did curse us. Oh. Like the she, she was like, there. Yeah, she was there. The Witches I, of WeHo. I was like honestly kept shooting my gaze out into the audience because it was so dark in there but i kept being like <laughs> for kristen to walk in and fire a warning shot yeah kristen just coming in and being like all right fuckers Pfft. we're gonna tell the story we're gonna tell it straight yeah she'd go up on stage and just hold a gun to my throat and was mm-hmm. like 
give me your mic fucker yeah and i'd be like okay okay Kristen. but i kept i kept wondering if i would see her in like sunglasses yeah if she would be in a full-blown disguise heckling us i wish i mean (laughs) (laughs) we did have one heckler we had a great heckler she sent freckle to heckle on her behalf aunt freckle aunt freckle god bless you god bless god bless that (laughs) (laughs) little piece of glory but uh but what's crazy about Kristen crazy and what we uncovered doing our research about her well not much was known not much was known like we we had to like many (laughs) cast members have a wikipedia and then you get to Kristen doty and there's nothing so she was born in dearborn michigan in 1982 or 82 82 and but that's not it but that's the only thing that we saw and then we and then we did a deeper dive and we realized that she was actually born in 1931 in the dust bowl in the dust bowl yeah in like missouri or illinois southern illinois southern illinois yeah and she you know if you've ever read grapes of wrath you know like what it was like yeah it was really dusty pretty dry sign back like yeah everyone's zone. sinuses were just like dry as a bone everyone just looked ashen and like the great depression was like in full swing yeah fully the new deal had not been made yet. the new deal was no deal yeah there was no deal <laughs> the no deal <laughs> and kristen shared a bed with like her 11 brothers because <laughs> <laughs> she was the youngest in a family of 12 11 boys and her 11 boys and then Kristen Doty. so like you have to imagine like her parents at that point when, by the time she was born and she was a woman and back then like unfortunately like they meant almost they meant like a little bit less than they do now yeah like and, they couldn't <laughs> vote could they vote yet i think they could vote i think it was like 1919 or something cool well they could vote yeah but then they couldn't do really anything else no they just kind of had to like you know, pick up a little, if you were living in where she lived, like you're, if you were a woman, you just had to like deal, walk around the farm and like hang clothes. Yeah. And the farm that they were living on, like wasn't working anymore no. because of this like dust bowl realness. It was like apocalyptic. Yeah. Like, every, they had one tree, one tree that was like kind of working. Yeah. And it would like give like apples every once in a while or like peaches. It would like fart out an apple. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> they were like, what is this tree? Is it two trees? Is it apples or peaches? Yeah. And like, I don't know, TBD. but go take them to the road and try and sell them. So that, yeah. So that by the time their farm had sort of collapsed, they realized like we're not going to be selling in bulk so we have to like make do what we can and like while the father and the older sons were trying to like you know salvage what they had the younger siblings and the mom would go they'd set up like a fruit stand on the on the highway nearby and Mm -hmm. they would sell fruit for like a nickel yeah at a pop and like Kristen's original mom and dad basically had like a long discussion over candlelight one night after they'd put all the 12 children to sleep and they were like, what are we going to do? Like, how are we going to survive? Yeah. Like everything's covered in dust. Our weird tree is like slowly not working anymore. Our kids, none of them can go to school. None of them can go to school. And like, we have so many mouths to feed. Like we have to figure something out. So they're like, naturally, they're like, well, we'll just get rid of Kristen. Yeah. She's not pulling her weight. We'll sell her. We'll sell her to the highest bidder. Mm -hmm. And like, you know, it was, they were compassionate. They were compassionate. Like, they were like, we don't want to be total monsters. Like, 
we will be selling her, but we're not going to sell her to like some creepy old man or like even a man. Like we want her to like have some sort of upbringing. We just don't want to have to like deal with it. No, because it's just too much work. And we want the money. We want the money. Yeah. That was (laughs) and like we really want the money, but we love our boys so much. We can't imagine any of them like giving one of them up. And it's going to be really hard for them. Yeah. So Kristen's got to go. Kristen's got to go. So they like put some feelers out and they got some like a lot of the, the bites they got were like were creepy neighbors and yeah. like, you know, old, and they were like, mm. you know, and Kristen was kind of like, wait, what the fuck? Like, yeah, she got wind of it and like, she was just like, what the fuck? And they were like, we got to do what we got to do. And she was like, fuck you. She started smoking. Yeah, she, she was five. She, she started smoking at the age of five because she got so she was over it. Stress. Yeah. She and was she like, was I'm going like, to be what's sold. What's going to happen to me? Yeah. Like, my parents are literally trying to sell me fuckers. And, and like, she would hear her mom. Sometimes she'd wake up in the night and like hear her mom crying about it. And she would think that she was crying about like selling her, but she was crying about the fact that they hadn't found a yes. fire. <laughs> and then the dad would be like, don't worry. Someone will take Kristen. Yeah. Like, I promise you they will so Kristen, like she kind of had like flashes of an escape plan like i'm fu- i'm gonna run away myself but it never it never materialized because it was like so fucking dusty and gross yeah. like there was just and there's like nowhere to go and then Kristen was just like whatever like fuck these people i'm over them and like kind of consigned herself she was like i guess like i am gonna be sold yeah and she you know Kristen had no concept that like she thought like the earth like after illinois the earth just fell off and Mm -hmm. she didn't know that there was a whole other she was uneducated and her family they still believed they were like flat earthers oh yeah they were like really religious they were really religious and never subscribed to like the earth is round no and they thought like the dust bowl was happening because they were being punished by god yeah so they were like kristen can be like an offering yeah and so it really to them and her family it made a lot of sense as abraham tried to sacrifice isaac isaac yeah so, you know it's biblical so anyway they were on the road one day and like a few months had gone by since they initially hatched their plan to sell her but like again nothing really came to you know fruition from mm-hmm. that and that same day it was like a dusty afternoon it was like really hot it was hot like hazy, hazy kind of yellow yeah yeah sick that kind of looking. sepia like mm-hmm. yellowy colored it was in sepia. yeah it was, everything was in sepia everything day. was and they heard like some kind of like honky tonk exactly <laughs> car thing. they were like what the fuck is one that? of those horns that just goes on and yeah. on and on and like cans yeah and out of this dust cloud this like crazy car with like a covered wagon and like extension built on top of it like bags and bags and curtains and like bangles just piled up on top of it like mm-hmm. you know the magic school bus yeah and it was a traveling family mm-hmm. and they like clanked up to the Kristen and her mom. It took and, like, like an hour for them to get there. Yeah, they heard the thing, and it because like it was a car, but it's also nineteen like thirty six, so the cars travel at like five yeah. miles an hour. So you hear it an hour before you actually like interface with it. <laughs> so yeah. So this woman, the car stops finally, and this woman gets out. And she's like older haggard haggard and she stops she takes one of the peaches 
and takes a big old messy bite of it and all the juice just like kind of slides down her face it's and really her neck. Sick. It was really gross. Even she Kristen was like, ugh. And they're like, are you going to pay for that? And she's like, uh, I got like some rocks and a pin. She's like, I have this crystal, which was really just like a rock yeah. that had like one sparkle in it. <laughs> and then, yeah, some like international currency. She's like, it's actually worth a lot. Mm-hmm. You just don't know because you've never left Illinois. And yeah. And we're like, all right. Well. And then the woman said, Kristen, her family, Kristen's family would also make her wear like a for sale sign around her neck whenever <laughs> they were like on the side of the road. So mm-hmm. this woman, what was her name? Loretta. Loretta took notice of young Kristen Doty chaining cigs mm-hmm. for sale. Hawking up a, a loogie. Mm-hmm. And she saw this young, you know, kind of rosy cheeked girl who was chain smoking and she was like who's chain smoking but surly because when loretta was like i don't know if i can pay for it christian was like you better fucking pay and then yeah like spit on <laughs> and it was like suck a dick suck a dick and loretta was like love her love who is this yeah what I, is what happening is this? here i need this, this. Is like i yeah. need to be all up in this this is amazing and the mom was like well obviously like so happens that she is literally she is for actually sale. for sale and she's like oh well how much do you want for? how much do you want and they were like mm, five like, bucks yeah which was like a, a lot, lot. Mm-hmm. And she's like well obviously again i don't have anything i don't have like currency per se but i can give you a promise and tell you that like she's like i'll give you what is in my pocket which was like a paper clip and three like, coins like a spanish dollar and then she said it seems to me that i can give you i can give you a, a blessing for good luck and prosperity on your farm on your farm like look back there's like crows and yeah like, <laughs> there was like a vulture yeah <laughs> turkey vulture is like above it and, like, and yeah, loretta was like bad. i'll i'll buy your daughter for a prosperity blessing and, and this like, lint in my pocket and they were like, that sounds good. And sounds Kristen great. was like, are you fucking kidding me? Not even like Kristen's negotiating. Like, classic. Classic mom. Yeah. And the mom was like, uh, do it. Yeah. Fine. Yeah. And so Kristen just like rolled her eyes and like hopped in Loretta's car in the front seat. And then Loretta said like, I put a blessing on the, the Doty farm. Mm-hmm. And they were like, thank you so much. And Kristen was like, her mom went up to her and she's like, honey, like, just don't be don't don't hate me like this is good this is good for all of us and she's like and you know what have fun with it yeah just try and have fun have fun like do that like make it your thing yeah attitude is everything attitude's everything and like i know in some way this is gonna benefit you Mm -hmm. you're gonna go places you just don't know how yet or where yet and i don't know either but i don't have to worry about that anymore yeah and so Kristen was like, go suck a dick, bitch. Yeah, suck didn't a even dick. Turned her face to never look back. Yeah. And so Loretta hopped in the car and like fired it up. There's like 12 people in the Yeah. There was the like car. Kristen just went from one huge family to another huge family. Mm-hmm. But at least Loretta seemed like tickled by yeah, Kristen. And she was very tickled. Yeah. And she like Loretta like lit a match and lit a s- Kristen's cigarette. And then was like, shall we? And Kristen was like, fuck yeah. And so the car started slowly driving away. And Kristen. Bye. Yeah. Her mom was like, bye, honey. 
have so much fun. Have so much fun. And her bo- her brothers didn't care. No, they were like, who is she? Kristen took like a long drag of the cigarette and then just like flicked it out the car window and it lit the farm on fire. Holy shit. And it burned down. It burned down and killed her entire family. And her mom, dad, and 11 brothers all died in a blaze. And Kristen like looked back for a moment. Her jaw was dropped. And then she looked up at Loretta and they went, hey, bitch. And they just like slapped <laughs> they just, like, high hands. Five. And they were like, yeah. Yeah. And Kristen was like, all right. Yeah. And Loretta <laughs> like laughed and, re- and she revealed to Kristen. She was like, some blessing that was. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> and Kristen laughed for the first time in her entire life. It was she never she had like never knew laughter. No, because it was so de- depressing there. Yeah, and, like, it was awful. The no deal, and she was like, "What is this thing?" And she's like, "Honey, it's laughter. It's laughter. That's what we do. We laugh at life. Yeah, that's all you can do." Mm-hmm. And Kristen just laughed and laughed, and then they like drove away into the receded into the distance. And yeah, so they were a small dot. And so what Loretta and her family were actually doing is that they traveled with a traveling circus mm, a carnival a carnival Which and so plentiful back then yeah they would go from just one carnival to the next either like kind of working as like carnies like operating booths and then always kind of looking for a new gig and loretta like Kristen, lived with them and you know, they just kind of gave her like random chores to she, do. She picked up popcorn. She picked up popcorn kernels off the floor. She like swept some stuff, but she was like malnourished yeah. and like tiny. So they didn't feel like giving her like important jobs. But like she was, she was kind of like the Shirley Temple of the carnival. Yeah. Like, everyone just loved her. and like- Everyone loved her and was very like loving and doting on her. But she didn't necessarily have like a role per se until Loretta started to realize that Kristen had a psychic ability. Well, Kristen would like tell her, she'd be like, Loretta, I'm I had a dream last night about like, you know, some country invading Poland. Yeah. Taking over Poland, Germany or what's Germany. She's like, there are trains and like, people it was awful and loretta's like oh my god she's like you need to stop smoking those cigarettes yeah and kristen would be like no like it's a horrible nightmare and then germany declared war on like the world yeah and, like, and then the holocaust happened and, the, and not the rise of hitler and like kristen like predicted it and yeah it was like that's funny but she didn't she wasn't convinced yet and then kristen was like loretta i had a dream about like this place and there's ocean and sun and palm trees and then fire and bombs falling from the sky and 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 big ships sinking and like thousands and thousands Thousands of people dying and then pearl harbor happened the next day and loretta put it together she was like holy fucking shit this child so much money off yeah (laughs) we are gonna be rich so she like judy garland her and like they they like she got the owner of the carnival at this one stop to like set up a booth for her in the back. And they were like, this girl's legit. She predicted Pearl Harbor, World War II. Set up a little psychic tent for her. Like mm-hmm. all we need is a table. Loretta found a crystal ball somewhere in her van and like put it on the table. And then she would just feed Kristen like speed and be like, now work, like use your abilities. And yeah. Tell the people what you see. And it worked. And it worked. Like, and people would come back and, like, she started kind of get generating buzz, like, oh, the psychic little girl. Mm-hmm. Go know, to the back. The Shirley Temple, psychic Shirley Temple, everyone called her. Yeah. And she would, like, actually give people, like, really sound 
advice and reading. She was also like on methamphetamine. She was on amphetamine. (laughs) She was smoking three packs of cigarettes a day and like just channeling people's energy into visions and not sleeping and never sleeping. And like whenever she wasn't, like working, she would be cleaning. She'd be because it was the only way she cleaning. knew how to like kind of get the energy out of her system. She would do laundry. She would wash, you know, in those old laundry things with like the, the, the you know, mm-hmm. the, spiny, the thing, yeah. yeah, the cheese grater washing thing. She'd yeah. be like, <laughs> you know, always with a cigarette hanging out of her mouth. Yeah. <sighs> <laughs> it sounded like that. Yeah, and. So she would just, eat, she all the only thing she would eat was funnel cakes. Mm-hmm, she loves funnel cake. Mm-hmm. To this day, Kristen has never turned down a funnel Confection cake. Confection of sugar. Yeah, she loves it. Mm-hmm. And so Kristen worked and worked and worked. And, you know, her psychic abilities, like they discovered them when she was what, like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And finally, like by the time she turned 18, she'd had enough. Yeah. But she also like was uneducated. She was uneducated. She was being she was being kept forced up on, like crack basically. Yeah, like things at first it was like she kind of thought like, "Oh, Loretta loves me" and like tried to call her mom once and Loretta slapped her and was like, "Never call me mom again. Do I look like your mom?" I'm your manager. I'm your manager. There's Get back difference. out to your Get tent. Get back out there. There's a line of people waiting for you. Yeah. And Kristen was like, "Ugh." And she was just emotionally and spiritually taxed. Like she was like literally taking in people's like futures, their past, their futures, their presents. Like, like all she'd have to do is like touch someone and, and like, she'd see everything. Yeah. And that takes its toll on you yeah. after a while, especially when you add like meth to the mix. It's hard to be a medium who's on meth. Yeah. So Kristen had heard like mumblings of other people that worked at these carnivals over the years that was like, bet you can't wait till you turn 18, huh? Little Missy. And Everyone talked like, like that. Yeah. And bet like, you can't wait till you turn 18, huh? Little Missy. And then she'd be like, what? And then someone explained to her, like one of the carnies was like, when you turn 18, like you're free, you can you're do whatever adult. you're legal. And like you get to leave or do whatever you want. And Kristen was like, what the fuck is that? And then she marched into Loretta's tent. She was also feeding Loretta and all the rest of like the family had stopped working and they were just depending on Kristen's psychic they abilities. Well. They were living well. Like their tent, they had upgraded to like a like much a, nicer it car. It was like a burning man yurt. Yeah. And they had like a beautiful tent set up. Loretta like had tons of jewelry and amazing clothes. And Kristen was like, guess what? I'm 18, you bitch. And I'm leaving. And I'm leaving. But Loretta was like, no, you're not. Because Kristen never knew really how old she was. No, she didn't know like how to even count. Really, she just knew like eighteen meant freedom. But Loretta like totally gaslit her and was like, "You're twelve. Yeah. And Kristen was like, "Oh." And Loretta was like, "Get back to work." <laughs> but then Kristen was, a, she went back to work, but she was a little suspect. She's like, "I don't feel twelve. Yeah. I've she did a lot puberty. of like math and yeah. kind of, and then talked to some other women around and like she finally did realize that she was 18. So she did then went back to Loretta and was like, I'm 18 and I'm leaving. And you're, you're, you know, your party's about to be over You're plush. Enjoy it. Enjoy this yurt. Everything that I've given you through all my hard work. What do I have to show for it? Literally nothing. Nothing. I look like I'm 50. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And Loretta was like, you really think you're going to leave me? And Kristen's like, yeah, I'm about to leave right now. 
Kristen had like a bat. She had a stick. Yeah. She had one of those sticks with like a little satchel yeah. tied to it. And a pot on her head. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm hitting the town. She didn't even have shoes. No. But she didn't care. It wasn't going to stop her. She, she like wanted pot, out. She had like a dress and like a little hat. Yeah. Her little tin hat. Her little tin hat. <laughs> <laughs> and she came to Loretta. And then Loretta, you know, Loretta was pissed. Yeah. Her, like... She had a really good setup. Yeah, her cash cow was about to leave the pasture. So Loretta called her grandmother out of her tent. Sylvia. Sylvia. And Sylvia came. (laughs) Sylvia. Sylvia Sylvia was like this old, like, literally, like, mummy Mm -hmm. who was barely alive. Like, she, like, you had to, like, really lean in to hear her, like, kind of breathing. Yeah. Know that she was alive, but she looked like a fossil. Yeah. And she, like, wheeled her out and, this woman had Loretta had no they real psychic just, ability, but this woman had legit old ancient ability. They would strap this woman to like the back, like she would just be strapped to the back of their car whenever they'd travel, and she'd just be covered in dust. She kind of it was like, is this a sarcophagus or is this like a human? Is this a human? But it was actually a human, yeah, with like crazy magical powers, yeah. And uh, Loretta told Sylvia what Kristen was planning on doing. And Sylvia just started mumbling. Side note, Sylvia was, Loretta used her mom mm-hmm. too. The way she, that's why she looked so haggard. Like she was, I mean, she was old as fuck, but like yeah. she looked like shit because Sylvia had also, or Loretta had been pumping her full of drugs and like cigarettes. So like that was Kristen's future. Yeah. She was like, Sylvia's going to go someday. And this is my new Sylvia. Yeah. Is this little Kristen so that girl the... that I picked up on the side of the road. Mm-hmm. So she was like, Sylvia had been like on her deathbed for probably 10 years. Yeah. But just like by the grace of God. And meth. <laughs> yeah. And meth had been like kept barely alive yeah. long enough to where Loretta knew she could just like trade one out for the other. Mm-hmm. And part of the plan was to curse Kristen and keep her around. And so she just tried to like make the curse happen faster. She wheeled Sylvia out and Sylvan started mumbling all this like kind of ancient text mm-hmm. and basically put a curse on Kristen that she would live forever. She age of Adelaide her. Yeah. She age of Adelaide her and made her immortal. At, she would always be the same age. Mm-hmm. Well, she would say when you are, when you get to the age of 27, you'll stay 27 forever. Yeah. You'll stay whatever age you feel you've, re- you've peaked at. And Kristen was like, that sounds great. Cool. <laughs> Anyways. Sucks for you that you just wasted that on me. Cause I love it. Yeah. I fucking love it. I fucking love it. And if you think I'm staying here, you can suck a dick. Suck a dick. <laughs> and Loretta was like, Loretta knew how much of a hell this curse would actually be. Yeah. And Loretta was like, just cackled. And she was like, you'll be back. They all come back. (laughs) (laughs) And so Kristen took her little, like, her little stick bag. rolled her eyes. She, like, grabbed a cig out of her little stick satchel and then, like, lit it and started walking away slowly but surely, barefoot, with no real plan of, like, where to even go. Yeah. But... In that moment, like, she finished her cigarette and flicked it off, and it lit Loretta's tent on fire. They all died. They all died. The Even entire... sarcophagus lady. Oh, Sylvia was dead in the Sylvia second. Sylvia was dead. She the was first like... one. She went up, like, <laughs> like a pile of dead leaves. Yes. 
<laughs> she basically was. Yeah, she basically was the human equivalent. But of, the entire carnival went up in flames. Yeah, and it was like the great circus carnival fire of 1947. Look it up. Look it up. It was devastating. Gruesome. But Kristen like was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Hitched a ride in a wagon. And Kristen goes, rock and roll. Hitched a ride in a wagon and headed west. Yeah. And Kristen... She didn't know what to do. No. World War Two had like come to an end and she the one place that it was like easiest for her to get a job was at just like a veterans hospital. Mm-hmm. And so she worked as a nurse at this like hospital for war. Not even really a nurse, like a like she cleaned an entertainer. She cleaned like ish. shit and yeah. like helped like I mean we there were there were so many like PTSD soldiers and like catatonic so many people coming home with no arms no. and like no legs and brain damage. She was like a nurse's assistant. Yeah. Cause you have to remember she was uneducated. Like all she could do was menial labor or like predict the future. <laughs> so that doesn't really that you don't have a lot of lead options to a fruitful resume. No. So they were like, okay, this girl can like, she seems like spunky enough and has like a fighter spirit. She's got good arms. Yeah, she's got good arms. She can clean these bedpans and like, she'll just like clean up around here. So she worked at this hospital and then eventually like she kind of fell into performing. Well, it's funny that you say that because one night it was like, there was like a raucous thunderstorm happening and the power Mm -hmm. went out. So they gathered all the... All the soldier, all the patients were like getting kind of like scared and rowdy because it was they were kind of like in a psych ward. Yeah, and they were like really spooked and like every unsettled. time the thunder went off, it was like they thought it was a bomb. Yeah, and it was so just like all of, pandemonium. All of them were having like severe PTS, and so they gathered them all in one room, and they were like all the nurses and the doctors were fighting them, and like they were, it was like a struggle. And Kristen, they thought they were going to riot and like yeah. take over the hospital, kill all the staff because it was like these crazy like war victim guy shell-shocked you know poor souls just yeah. having a freak out yeah and Kristen, she you know in the midst of all the chaos she suddenly was like i used to perform i used basically i was like performing for my whole life like as a psychic like it was a show like i mean it was real but it was a it was a full-on like smoke and mirrors thing she was like i can engage people I like can i engage can, people i can i can I can calm them down. Like I can do it. And she told all that they like, they're holding the doors, like all the staff there, like holding doors, trying to hold these people bang. Kristen's like, just let me in there. Just let me try. I have an idea. I have a crazy idea, but I think it'll work. And they're like, all right. They're whatever. like, Kristen, no. And she was like, just let me fucking do it. And so they were like, fine. You know what? Just go. Yeah. Good luck. Good luck to you. Good luck, lady. Good luck, girl. And they let Kristen go into this room with all these like veterans crazy decision and she grabbed one of them had like a sock full of quarters Kristen grabbed it out of his hand she started swinging it she started swinging it around and then just singing a song well she grabbed that and she grabbed a giant pitcher of coffee yeah and she said who wants some coffee everyone and they all kind of like looked at the rabble rousing stopped and they all stared at her for a second she's like who wants some coffee, coffee? I'm Kristen, the coffee girl. I love coffee, coffee, and pennies in a sock, pennies in a sock, Kristen, Kristen. And then she like realized, and then she saw a piano. Yeah, she just- saw a piano in the corner, and she just kind of did this jig over to it and started playing the piano with one hand, one singing like she, one she had a foot, foot in the air. playing the percussion on the top of the piano. And she's yeah. like, I'm Kristen, the coffee girl. Dun, 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 dun. And she, it became like, it was like, 
in Beauty and the Beast when they're all like, be our guest, be our guest. And then all the patients kind of started like getting into it and it it soothed them. It soothed them. Like weirdly, the like clanging of like Kristen's coffee tin mixed with like crazy piano music and a sock full of pennies (laughs) wagging around was like just what they needed to kind of like pull them back down to reality. They all started singing like in beautiful voices. She's Kristen the coffee girl. Come to sing us about coffee and pennies in a sock, pennies in a sock, 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 pennies in a sock. (laughs) and so it just like it it just was like a like a huge triumph for her yeah and she would pour them coffee and then they'd all stay up and like it was kind of like when she was also still doing like a lot of speed yeah she was (laughs) that never stopped that that has never stopped that never stopped like never one second stopped yeah like she's been addicted to Mm -hmm. amphetamines for 97 years (laughs) (laughs) and like poured all the like soldiers which is like when you give like adhd kids like adderall it calms them down the coffee and the soldiers was the same thing and kristen would put little sprinkles of like her amphetamines in the coffee Mm -hmm. and it would like calm everyone down and they would sing the coffee song and she kind of became known in like this like post-world war ii community kristen the coffee girl kristen the coffee girl and the the, you know the the staff kind of Again, like Loretta, like didn't give her like extra pay or anything, but they relied on her mm-hmm. to keep order. To keep it, order, it yeah. A lot, like the the they got worked up a lot. The patients, so they would every time they would Kristen the coffee girl, and they would call her in, and she would do her little dance, and yeah, her little jig and her pennies, and she would calm them down, yeah. And, she, she was like in Mary Poppins, like the one, the when he's like the one man band, mm-hmm. and she would the chimney play, sweep. yeah, like the chimney sweep. She'd play all these different instruments, and it was like so insane. And <laughs> she'd be like gritting her teeth, yeah, gritting her teeth and smoking a cigarette. It was like really like for any one of us that were watching, it would actually drive us to a mental institution. Fifty one fifty, yeah, it would fifty one fifty like immediately. Like the <laughs> staff wouldn't watch it because they were like it would make them feel weird inside. But for these like PTSD veteran guys, they fucking loved it. They loved it. It soothed them and like made them feel okay about the world. So Kristen was like, "Wow, I found my purpose." But like you know, the staff still didn't really respect her. They kind of used her. Like everyone has been using Kristen. Mm-hmm. And so her entire life. She she did that for a while. She she actually went to like a few other hospitals and she did like a little a little like USO tour. Yeah. A local USO tour. Yeah, very localized. Like within a few miles, but she she made a little and she they paid her a little extra finally and she yeah. she started making a little like, you know, name for herself. Making a name for herself. But, you know, late 40s you know america was sort of like all right we're getting back into the swing of things we mm-hmm. have like this new glorious america like you know people the really, post-war optimism was high the economy really was in a much better place yeah yeah so they didn't really need as many staff so they started cutting a lot mm-hmm. and kristen got laid off kristen like, did yeah they were like hey, sorry kristen, like but she she's like, like but i'm the coffee girl and yeah like She's like, what about the vets? What about the vets? They love me. And they're like, they don't know where they are. Yeah. And they're all, a lot of them are fine now. They're like, you know what? We actually gave Jimmy a sock full of quarters and he like banged on a tin and it did the same thing. So we realized, like it took them a long time to realize that anyone could kind of do the coffee like banging. Yeah. And they just would love it no matter what. And so then they were like, oh, we don't need to pay. We don't like, what's the point of like perpetuating this like famous coffee girl thing? She's just going to cost us more money. Yeah. So we'll cut her. We'll give it to like some guy 
And like he can bang on a tin and everyone will shut up. Yeah. So and that made that was a blow to Kristen. She hated that. It was like you're not it was special. Her first, yeah, her first kind of brush with that attitude and mentality. And in that moment she heard Loretta's ha 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 ha. But she was like, Did I hear that or was it just me? Like it was Loretta was sort of like a laughing from the afterlife mm-hmm. at Kristen's misfortune. So Kristen was like, fuck, like, you know, what she's am I gonna homeless. Do yeah. She's like, I don't. Homeless, still uneducated. I spent all my money on coffee and like props. Yeah. And I'm addicted to, <laughs> I'm addicted, I'm addicted to, to amphetamines. And like, what do I even love in this world? Like, what am I good at? And she realized I'm a performer. Like, I am an entertainer I'm at an entertainer. Heart. Crowds love me. She's like, I'm, you know, fuck them. They don't know what they're talking about. Like, not everyone could have done it the way I did it. No. So she's like, where can I go? That's like the one place that will appreciate my talents and then make me famous. Los Angeles. Duh. Hollywood, baby. Hollywood. screens. And it was like right at the boom of the 50s. Like like golden Golden age of Hollywood. And so Kristen just like hightailed it out to the West Coast. She hitchhiked her way down to Los Angeles. Yeah. And like, you know, set up shop. Yeah. And she got like a little teeny studio apartment that was, couldn't be more than 350 square feet. With like a hot plate. (laughs) Yeah. With a hot plate and a hot plate in a dream <laughs> that's what she used to tell people i've yeah. got a hot plate and a big dream on my hands and what you do know, you have for yourself that's you know all you what need Kristen has been trying to do since 1950 is be an actress yeah like she literally has been auditioning and like trying her hand at this profession for 70 years for 70 years <laughs> and which so goes to show you if you're looking to break into it hope you have a lot of time. hope you have a lot of time. <laughs> and you never give up. Because maybe you'll get on a reality show about how fucked up you are. <laughs> and then you'll finally make it. <laughs> but anyway, so she like... So, Kristen, you know, she did the whole rigor morale of like young, hopeful Hollywood starlet. Ingenue. Got tons of headshots and... You know, she she started booking like a lot of background work um, through like a major studio who I won't name for like legal reasons, yeah. but she would go to this lot every day to do the, her background work as like a just like extra. And and she would like she would do she was like I gotta you know I gotta act like mm-hmm. in the, even if I'm in the background I I've gotta be acting we gotta gotta be acting she was she was a extras, hard worker and, and they she were all like fuck you like, yeah. She'd want to give it her all. Yeah. But like... I want to get that sad card. So she like... She would do her like... She would do things to stand out. Like mm -hmm. she would do her like weird body contortions. And like bend herself and like do little jigs. Do like lots of like crazy facial expressions. She would react. She did a lot of reaction. So many reactions. When she was just supposed to be like... Literally. Literally like one of a thousand people. (laughs) She would literally like... Her acting is very reaction based. Yeah. She would be like... You hear that? <laughs> what? Oh, and and like literally, they would always go cut. Yeah. Hey, girl in the back, can you stop whatever you're doing? Please, Just, please. You're. We're. It's picking up on camera. It's distracting. Kristen was like, "But I'm acting, sir." And they're like, "Just." They like invented, and also because she was like on so many amphetamines, like her jaw would always be like gnawing. And they called her, that's where like the term chewing the scenery came from, because it came from Kristen in the 1950s. She literally would like chew on sets. Yeah, she'd chew, chew on something. Sets. She'd like 
start sm- chain smoking or like bursting into like a monologue yeah. or just like reacting like with crazy <laughs> facial expressions and they were like well someone get this beast off my set and like but weirdly she kept getting work yeah. it was like strange well because they always they, they, they always, always need needed they Hollywood. needed bodies yeah. yeah and they were like we can shoot away from her sometimes they'd just be like turn her back to the camera <laughs> you would see her from behind <laughs> kind of waving her so arm having conversations with like the wall yeah like if you watch cleopatra there's one scene where you just like look closely and there's like crazy like cracked out Kristen <laughs> in the background but so eventually she got kind of found out so they 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 kind of axed her well she was she became like a liability she was a liability but she was like weirdly like hollywood loves a character you know what i mean so it's like she'd get passed around from set to set and like one day, the head of the studio was on a set. His and name he was. Noticed her. Burp, burp. We yeah, can't say his name. we can't that say was his me name. Censoring. Yeah, you'll never know his name unless you really decide that you're going to research it on your own time. But like, mm-hmm. I'm not looking to get this podcast shut down, no. so you're keeping it under wraps. So blank blank came to set one day, and he had a big, he had like a ten Huge foot cigar. cigar. Yeah, he hit. People were getting hit in the head with the cigar. Mm-hmm. Get out of my way! <laughs> yeah, get out of my way! <laughs> and he saw out of the corner of his eye this like beautiful psycho kind of like doing her like weird job or walking contortion in the corner and he was like who's that over there and they're like oh that's that's Kristen that's Kristen Doty Doty huh the, she what is... kind of name is that <laughs> <laughs> they were like we don't know we like don't know. You, she's really she's distracting really distracting but, like we've been trying to get her out of here for a long time but she just keeps getting passed around from set to set like she kind of like has she had so many different headshots with so many different facial expressions <laughs> they would think that they had like they think that they were casting someone else but then it would really just be Kristen Doty again yeah. and like he was like huh she's engaging and has a nice face has a great body perky tits <laughs> Tell her to come see me in my office later. And so... Tell her to come see me. Lexapro. Sponsored by Lexapro. This podcast is brought to you by Lexapro. And Pristique. And Pristique. <laughs> Check them out. Cheers. Cheers. Um, so, so anyway, he was like, tell her to come see me sometime, 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 sometime. Yeah. And, they're and like, so okay. they're like, cool. And so one of the set guys, like when a, like a lighting guy, he was like, hey, me wants to see you in his office today and Kristen her eyes lit up she knew all about him she knew all about him she had them all studied she knew every head of the studio like she knew everything so yeah. she was like oh he's a, <laughs> he's a big deal that one and they were like yeah he i don't know he wants to see you for some reason yeah. so and like they kind of like they goaded her a little they were like well he knows a star when he sees one yeah. and clearly he sees something in you and like she was like Oh my God, you don't say. And so she got all gussied up and went into his office. And she had like a thousand headshots with her. Yeah. And he sat her down and gave her the old starlet talking to, which was back then. It was like, come on, fuck me. (laughs) It's like, you better fuck me if you want to get anywhere. There's one price to pay, and that's pussy, I'll take. And you'll go far, but you have to lay down first. And like, Kristen knew the drill. This is Hollywood. This is Hollywood. This is a classic casting couch. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, Kristen 
she did what she had to do because this guy promised her that he would groom her and make her into like the next hot thing. And mm-hmm. he took a look at all her headshots and stuff. And he said, Kristen Doty, huh? Doty is no name for a star. You're going to be Olivia Bartholomew. <laughs> I love that name. I love that name. That sounds like a real ring to it. Don't you think? And Kristen's like, yeah, totally. I was like, what? Whatever you think. Whatever. Whatever. Yeah, like, I'm I'll totally literally, like, do, do anything. Like, I don't care. I do I'll the do light. It. And so she just, like, chain-smoked cigs, and he, like, changed her whole, like, brand, essentially. And he was like, Olivia Bartholomew, she's going to be a star. Have you ever heard of her? No? Well, times are changing. She's <laughs> he would, like, do, like, Morse code. Yeah. He sent out... <laughs> he's had the publicist, the studio publicist, like, create a press release. Like, some people took photos of Kristen, like, on the street and yeah. put her in the... Put her in the magazines. Yeah. And like, it was like the Melrose equivalent of like being against like a pink wall. Yeah. Yep. And and thing was like, Olivia Bartholomew spotted shopping on Melrose Avenue. Isn't she gorgeous? With her, her mouth wide open and her her face like just <laughs> her body just and she's like. <laughs> she like looks like a scarecrow. <laughs> but it's like. You know, everyone it was like it. gorgeous. Kristen. It was like gorgeous. Olivia Bartholomew goes for a stroll down Melrose. <laughs> she's like. Like, God, this Olivia seed spotted swimming in the Santa Monica beach. And it's like a picture of her, like, <laughs> like she was like just drowning on, in the water on so much speed. Like, she just didn't know how to work her body and work her angles. And, and she was the, really beautiful. She and, was go- she's, she's gorgeous. Stunning IRL, but like in pictures, like, it just wasn't translated. And like, and people reading the tabloids were all like, oh, oh my God. But they, what's wrong with her? What's wrong with Olivia? <laughs> I'm just seeing like a flat, you know, like old like spinning newspapers yeah. up. <laughs> with her being like, <laughs> like <laughs> swimming in like an old fifties bathing yeah. suit with a, with a cap on, with like <laughs> fully or, or just like chaining. And this guy, this like the studio head would call Kristen into his office and be like, "Kid, we need to work on you." He's yeah. like, "Look at this, you're always looking like a scarecrow." He's like, <laughs> "My hi, that's how crows around." You don't need to be scaring him. She was like, <laughs> "He's like, please calm down with the cigarettes, please. We just want to get one yeah. shot of you. Also, suck my dick." And then, <laughs> so, he kept telling her like, "You're really not." He's like, he he gave her mom. <laughs> Carrie just took a drink of his closed Perrier, <laughs> Olivia Bartholomew style. <laughs> All this studio, anyway, all this executive like, it's, do. It's not working with this girl. She's scaring <laughs> she's people. She's scaring people. People are, like, people are scared of her. Like 50s housewives would like open up their like glossies <laughs> and like their daughter would catch a picture of like Olivia Bartholomew's like ring face and like <laughs> start weeping. And it was like, he was like, we got to get you modeling lessons, kid. But first blow me and like <laughs> and so, so we tried to like my fair lady her and it just did not work it just like wasn't working and she did like kind of pick up some she picked up some skills with like the modeling lessons and stuff but it was like you know she things got re- it got really old after a while like people just telling her it's a lot of money you're scary it's a lot of money he kept promise this guy kept promising her parts that never came to fruition and then she also was like sleeping with him yeah and it was just like fucking humiliating but eventually the studios were like hey i don't know if this olivia thing's gonna work like we've got we've got a whole like rolodex of girls like yeah you know, i think we might have to like 
gently push her out to sea. And he said, she finally, Kristen like stormed into his office one day and she was like, you know, where's my fucking, where's my fucking leading role? You promised me every day you'd sit here and say, where's my matinee? And he said, uh, oh, we got, whoa, oh, if you looked at his desk and saw a script for this movie called a star is born. And he was like, uh, we got, we got a role of a lifetime for you, kid. Olivia Bartholomew and a star is born. You're reading against Judy Garland, but I think you can really kill it. And like promised Kristen, like she would get this role in this like major movie. Mm-hmm. And so he had Kristen go read for it. And then he told her that she got the part and he was like, congratulations, kid. You nailed it. You're starting work on Monday. Show up to the studio, ready to work. And she came to the studio, but it was all a ruse. And he had told all the security guards and everyone just to like not let her in, not pay attention to her. They were always going to cast Judy. They were always going to, they were never not going to cast Judy. He was just like, I mean, when Kristen gets really angry, she's terrifying. Yeah. And like, she scared him and he didn't know like how to, he didn't know how to like talk her off the ledge and say no. So he thought, here's what I'll do. I'll just like destroy her dream in one fell swoop with, uh, instead of actually saying no and being honest Hollywood. Yeah. Classic Hollywood. So, so she came to, she showed up to work one day and they were like, Hey, uh, we don't know an Olivia. Like they gaslit her. Yeah. And they were like, sorry, you're, She's like, Olivia Bartholomew showing up for A Star is Born. They're like, Judy Garland's already like getting in hair and makeup. Like, yeah. She's. She, she started over the production, started over the weekend. And like, do you have ID or anything? And she like sh- wagged her headshots yeah. in the security guard. I'm Esta. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, uh, no. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to go, ma'am. So Kristen was like. She was, you're going to have to go, ma'am. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, ma'am. Which was so, it was soul crushing. So Kristen was like out on the street of the studio, like smoking a cig. And she was like, fuck, like, I hate this place. Yeah. And you know what? Like, she saw, she held her cigarette life. to her face and like looked up for a second. And in the background, she heard Loretta's. <laughs> Kristen was like. Fuck this. Fuck this. Fuck Olivia Bartholomew and fuck, fuck this Hollywood. fucking guy and fuck Hollywood. And she went home and ripped up all her headshots, packed them into a bag, called a taxi and said, take me to Bel Air. And this taxi driver drove her to Bel Air and Kristen lit this guy studio execs house on fire with the headshots, with the headshots. She created a pile of headshots under at his front door, lit them aflame and it burned down Bel Air, and it was the Great Bel Air Fire of 1961, which you can Google. It, it was insane. So many people lost their homes. It was devastating. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, bit to get 30, bit to get 20, 20, 20, bit to get 20, 20, bit to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. 
Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Unfiltered, mineral-filled water could be the reason why. Did you know that hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry, irritated skin? And that about 85% of the United States uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine? That is where Canopy's new filtered showerhead comes in. Canopy, known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier, has revolutionized the filtered showerhead. Dermatologists recommended this unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water, leaving you with healthy hair and glowing skin. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free. Installation is a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement, unlike any others on the market. Go to getcanopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, our listeners can use code SEXYUNIQUE at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry! Your hair and skin will thank you. A new quarter brings new goals, but what about your skincare goals? Small, easy changes in your routine can have amazing results, and your secret weapon should be Dime Beauty. Dime Beauty is clean, high-end skincare that is affordable, and it really works. Dime didn't sacrifice performance just to make it clean, either. And when I say clean, Dime is 100% transparent about every single ingredient, so you can use their products daily with confidence. I have been using Dime Beauty's TBT cream and their Dewy Daily Cream. TBT cream is a retinol alternative that I put on at night before I go to bed, and it's actually been making my skin look glowy and snatched, if I do say so myself. I've noticed that, and I think our listeners have noticed too, because I've been picking up on a bunch of TikTok comments that have been like, you're glowing recently. So hats off to Dime. No one has time to remember the order of a 10-step skincare routine. The work system from Dime Beauty has everything you need in one powerful package. It includes a gentle cleanser, a toner, two incredible serums, and two luxurious moisturizers. Plus, my favorite, Dime's TBT cream is finally back in stock. Check that out while you're there. Dime has over 2 million happy customers, and their product reviews are literally all five stars. This year, love your skin again. Go to DimeBeautyCO.com now and unlock your discount. That's DimeBeautyCO.com. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, Princess Diana. But that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Disintel, is hosted by comedians Sydney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William versus Harry started. It's actually much bigger than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Disintel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. So she's like driving. It's like one of those like old 50s movies where they're in the car and there's like a very fake background. It's like it looks like that. And in the yeah. background, you see the billowing smoke and the fire from Bel Air. Yeah. She's, Floor it to the boat, sir. Yeah. And he I'm, takes her to San Pedro to like the shipyard. Because mm-hmm. Kristen had had enough of America at this point. She was like, fuck it. I'm going to. I'm going to 
fucking Europe. Going to Paris. I'm going to go to Paris. She heard about it. That's what I'm going to do. So she got on the ship and she's on the dock on the bow of the ship smoking her cig and she's watching in the distance. You can see like the orange from the Bel Air. Yeah. She's kind of like, hmm. She smiles to herself. Yeah. And she resolves at that moment that she's going to start her life over. Yeah. So she takes this boat. It takes like 10 weeks to get to Europe. She goes the longest way possible. It's like Spirit Airways. It's like Like, an old shipping route that she like ended up on. She goes from LA to Panama to miami and then to new york and then back to miami and then back to new york and then to london and you have to remember like she didn't know geography very well so it just like you can it was just it was hard yeah but she she finally got there she got to paris and she kind of found her calling in paris like the thing about Kristen and part of this like curse that she had underwent was not only like is she going to be age of adeline but Kristen was always like ahead of the curve but never got like recognition for anything that she did. So like when she was in Paris in the sixties, she was like the darling of French new wave cinema Mm. and was like, became like the muse of all these directors yet was like never cast in their movies. So like when Jean Seberg cut her hair into like that iconic pixie cut, it was actually Kristen. It was actually Kristen who had done it first. She was sitting in like a salon in Paris and like she was just, you know, she knew all the stylists and she was sitting in the chair and she was smoking a thing. And she was like, just take it all off. Yeah. She was like really like speeding. And she was like, mm-hmm. just rip it all with your hands. Even get it out. Get it get off me. Out, get it all off me. And they were like, oh, okay. So they started cutting her hair and it was really, it was like the original pixie and Jane walked in and or Jean walked in and was like, mm-hmm. Oh my god! Oh my god! I want that. That is radical, and I want. I want yeah. it. I want it. And there were, so they get, they gave her one, and then she, of course, took all the credit. Yeah, and classic, classic. But that's just like the hand Dodie was dealt, and so like Kristen kind of spent most of the sixties um, flitting around Europe, and yeah. and she really enjoyed herself and. You she know, was stable. She was stable. This was like a good period of her life. Like she, she hung out with like really cool writers. She yeah, with like James Baldwin. And, and like, she read a lot. Yeah, and she learned a lot over that. And that's like where the majority of her education came from during this like period of like counterculture and like art. Yeah, she was like hanging out with like gays and like drag queens and par- like she was like just like and it was actually like a beautiful period for her. Like she felt really enriched and she was like God like. I'm so happy that I'm away from that life. Yeah. Like, these, these people are really taking me seriously. They respect me. She would write poetry and sometimes perform it. She learned how to speak French. She would take these long strolls around the old French cemeteries and watch the leaves change in the fall. <sighs> and even though she never really slowed down like her speed use, like she never quit entirely, but this was like maybe the time in her life where she felt the most peace. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. She would do, she would like perform like performance art, like yeah. experimental theater. She was super close with Jim Morrison mm. and his like girlfriend and they would all hang out and like he kind of like bit a lot of Kristen's poetry. Like she wrote like a lot of door songs were based off of like Kristen's own poetry. Fuck the doors. I know. Another reason to just like fucking hate Jim Morrison. Yeah. <laughs> As if you needed another As if you one. needed a fucking reason. But, like, listen to, like, Riders on the Storm. That was fucking Kristen. Dodie all over it. Yeah. The Lizard King. Dodie. Dodie. And she would, like... She she was a good sport about it. She was a good sport about it, because at this point, she was, like, 
whatever. I'm she was like, whatever. I'm going to live forever. So like recognition became like very secondary to her. And after like the Hollywood debacle, she was really disenfranchised with the idea of like being credited. Mm-hmm. And so she was more in like a sharing kind of place. Mm-hmm. And she, and she was like, she influenced our culture in ways that like no one even knows. Yeah. Like we're still parsing through how she, her influence altered western culture yeah so So, 60s kind of you know and she was she it was great she didn't have to be in america really during vietnam so she Mm -hmm. kind of missed that whole period so there was like things that you know it's the civil rights and like you know feminist rise of feminism and like rise of gay rights like all these like crazy things that were happening in in the country anti-military but she was like you know i'm good artist yeah i'm good She's like, I'll stay here. This speaks to me more. Mm-hmm. She's like, I've really been through it with America, and yeah. God knows things didn't end well with World War II. So yeah. I'm going to stay out of it. This she would, time she would like blow us, be like, I hate America. Mm-hmm. <laughs> she always said that. Ugh, America, I know, right? She like spoke. She had kind of a Lindsay Lohan accent. Yeah, she definitely like spoke with an affect yeah. at this point, and she kind of eventually joined this like jet setting scene mm-hmm. where like. You know, she would spend the majority of her year in Paris or like Berlin. And then in the summer, she'd go down to like the south of France or Monaco or Monaco, like the Mediterranean. She'd just like be on yachts and like go to the casinos and, and hang lounge. Out with, like, yeah. And be topless and Prince Rainier and Princess Grace. And, like, yeah. And she was just in this like chic kind of fast moving crowd. Mm-hmm. And then she always also had like speed on her. So people were really nice. Yeah. Cause like Coke and speed back then were like kind of novel. Yeah. So one day, Kristen, like she was on the beach early in the 70s. early seventies, south of France, and she had like she had full armpit hair yeah. and a huge bush. <laughs> she was not shaving her legs. It was amazing, though. <laughs> it was. It was like hot. It was really hot. And she was she'd passed out naked on the beach. She was face down in the sand after a long night. She came to and she heard these people like fucking near her. (laughs) (laughs) It happened a lot to her. It happened a lot to her. I mean, it was like free love. Yeah, Europe. And like, it was kind of wherever you go, people are fucking around here in your general vicinity. Mm -hmm. And she heard the sounds of a couple making love and she kind of got up, like dusted the sand off of her. Is someone making love? And she turned and it was Lisa and Ken fucking Ken. And they were like 69ing behind a rock. Yeah. And Lisa was like, Ken, I told you not to come over here. There's a girl just watching us. Yes. Lisa was a little like prim. She was like, she was prim. She was young then. Like she and Ken had just gotten together. Yeah. They were like, Ken was like, baby, this is, this is how we do it here. And she was like, no, but this is, there's sand everywhere and, you know, grits. And- yeah. And, and Kristen was like, oh, sorry. Sorry, guys. Like, I'll, uh, don't, don't, don't mind me. Like, I'm just going to take a dip in the ocean. So she ran into the ocean naked. And then Lisa and Ken kind of just like watched her like swim around. And they became really like entranced. Yeah. Aroused and entranced by this like nymph creature yeah. that had just like, started out as like a dead body on the beach but then like now is like beautiful like playing in the sun and so lisa was kind of like she kind of gave kind of look like 
yeah, I'm into it. Mm-hmm. So Ken was like, really? And Ken was like, always looking for like opportunities to swing or mm-hmm. like do like live out various sexual fantasies. And so Lisa was in. Lisa was totally in. Like she was really the, she kind of like, you know, sealed the deal with it. So she brought, she was like, you there, you there, come over here, come over here. And Kristen was like, whatever. Sure. And then Kristen kind of saw them in a different light. And she suddenly was like locked eyes with Lisa and was like, wow, you're so beautiful. Yeah. And Lisa was like, thank you, darling. She's like, do you want to join us for dinner? (laughs) By dinner, I mean. By dinner, I mean fucking behind this rock. (laughs) And Kristen's like, hell yeah. Rock and roll. (laughs) So they all, they had like this crazy group sex as the sun went down behind a rock on like a secret beach in the south of France. Yeah. And it was magical. Magic. It was pure magic. So for the rest of the summer, they were sort of like, they were always together. Like where they were was the part. They were always at every scene together, the three of them. They were kind of like a thruple. Yeah, Ken, Lisa, and Kristen. And they just like... They were powerhouses. They they were powerhouses. They traveled. They made love. They drank champagne. And they just like... They did early cocaine. Early cocaine. And they just like fucked all the time. Yeah. And it was beautiful. And it was beautiful and... Kristen and Lisa really like they were falling for each other. They started fucking behind Ken's back. Yeah. And like just being together and canoodling and like just going on long walks and talking about the future and Mm -hmm. like plans. And Kristen never really told her about her past, but she like threaded in like little hints that she had been alive since the 30, you know, alive for 40 something years and still still looked like like 18, 27. So Lisa was like, intrigued by her mystery but she never really pressed her yeah but then you know summer came to an end Mm -hmm. and even though you know kristen at one point was like lisa you don't have to go with ken yeah stay here with me like we can just be doing this all the time like we don't have to like i don't have to do anything kristen was in love with lisa and lisa maybe was in love with her but and she begged lisa to just stay and like leave Ken and they could have this she promised her a beautiful life like she didn't know how it would work but she just said we don't need to know what I've learned so far is that we don't need to know how anything will work and she doesn't really because she's immortal yeah but but it'll work and just trust like trust us trust this trust this and Lisa thought for a minute but you know Ken was really rich and she did love Ken. Yeah. So they had like a lot of like business plans together. And Lisa was like, I can't darling. Mm -hmm. I have to go with my mom. Mm -hmm. So they bid adieu. Yeah. And Lisa and Ken kind of scurried off to, to wherever the fuck they were. The fuck they were in the seventies. And Kristen was heartbroken. Devastated. She was like, it was as though her heart had been ripped out of her chest by Lisa and it was still beating and Lisa like stomped it on the ground. She just like wandered around like the winding roads of Monaco for like days mm-hmm. and then barefoot barefoot of course. And then she kind of went off the grid. Yeah. She went way off the grid. This is kind of what we refer to as like the lost years. We don't know much. We, yeah. She was in Romania for a little and like then got really into like, I think, yeah, she had like a vampirism moment that was like, it's like 
she figured like i'm immortal like whatever i'll just like start sucking the blood of like children and small pets and then it graduated to like humans it was like just a two-year children are not humans yeah and like and it, it 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 just it was bad she killed she killed but but you know what we're not going to go there. When you live forever, so, yeah. It's just like a thing that you yeah. probably do. She was like, this isn't for me. Yeah. She's not the killing type. No. She was like, I where's the romance in this? Yeah. So she nursed her heartbreak with the blood of the innocent and then finally decided, I need to go to the epicenter where things are happening. In the late 70s. In the late 70s. New York City, baby. Yeah. She went to directly to Studio 54 mm-hmm. and was living it up. Yeah. She was the she was toast like, of the town. Toast of the town. She was like super tight with Steve Rubell and like, you know, Betty Ford and Liza Minnelli. Liza would always go, Christian! <laughs> Christian, do that dance! Christian! Do that little thing you taught me! What is that thing you do with your hips and your legs? Oh, and yeah. then Kristen would like just do her normal body contortions. And then Liza would start like implementing it in her dances. Yeah. So like Kristen basically was Liza Minnelli's muse and choreographer and choreographer and created all the dance moves that Liza was pulling. Just Kristen doing- also was the first person to ever do the splits on the dance floor of a nightclub and a cartwheel and a cartwheel. She was like yucking it up. She was on so much Coke. Yeah. The Coke flowed like water and (laughs) Kristen just owned the dance floor at studio 54. She would cartwheel onto the, it wasn't a party until Kristen arrived at a cartwheel and like a back handspring into just the splits where she would just like vibe up and down on the floor. Kind of like she did in that episode where they all went to Mexico and yeah. James DJ, but uh-huh. like in studio 54 with like Bianca Jagger, like dancing nearby and like Brooke Shields mom. Yeah. And it was like major major. And like, she was just the life and she never, she didn't have a home. She just slept on, she crashed. Yeah. Every night. She'd be up for a long time and then crash. And like, even Andy Warhol was like fascinated Who by her. That? Yeah. And he Liza would go, Oh, it's Christian. It's Christian. You gotta, you gotta meet her. <laughs> and like, and <laughs> come over here and meet her. But Kristen would not give Andy the time no, of day. No, she was like, you're annoying. She was like, you're a fucking user and, and a, a loser. And you're a tool. And you're a fucking tool. You and suck. You suck and you're not profound. And he would beg her to like sit for his photo. Like he wanted to just like take a photo, add her to a screen and she refused. And that's why to this day, like Kristen has never had like a Warhol portrait or shows up in that because she was just like, fuck this guy. He's like a user and a poser. Good call. I'm where the party's at. But honestly, like, good for her. Yeah, no, it was like a power move. <laughs> she became tight with like Diane von Furstenberg. They, she, you actually told me that she was. Th- well, you can explain it. She's the original inventor of the wrap dress. She and Diane were like doing blow in a bathroom one time in Studio Fifty Four, and she was wearing like a a jumpsuit, a jumpsuit, Kristen like was. a onesie, yeah. And Kristen, she, you know, when you just like do too much coke and you like can't take your clothes Diane I gotta take this off so she took it all just just get it off me get it off and Diane just like whipped it down the middle ripped the legs fold it over do something now I'm naked what the fuck and Diane was really scared so she kind of wrapped it yeah she grabbed like a rope and just like wrapped it around and then Diane saw it and was like whoa oh my god oh my god this is amazing yeah and Kristen was like what what are you talking about (sighs) 
She's like, you're so fucking annoying. So fucking annoying, Diane. I'm going back to the dance I'm going, floor. I'm leaving. So she left her in there, and then Diane... We all know what happened. ...monetized that shit. Yeah, DVF. DVF. Now, here we are, years later. Yeah. With this wrap dress, iconic look that Kristen Doty created. She was also even- the first person to ever enter a dance club on a on a horse on a white horse on a white horse whoa which bianca jagger promptly ripped off <laughs> jesus christ yeah so Kristen, she's and that was a thing of studio 54 is like you your star burns bright until it burns out and maybe you're maybe you're recognized and maybe you're not but maybe more not. often than not you're chewed up and spit out and you know end of 70s early 80s studio 54 like we all know what happened. It, it, it was in over its head with money and Steve Rebell like did some shady dealings and it, it closed down. Mm-hmm. So the party stopped. The party was over. And then, and then obviously the eighties, we don't have to talk about the early eighties. Yeah. Work. Kristen it, lost it a lot of people. Kristen just, yeah, she, she lost friends. She saw a lot of darkness and it got a little too real for her. And yeah. She was sort of like, especially being an immortal, like during that time, it was just like survivor, like guilt. She, yeah, she felt consumed by death, yet not given the the mercy of the release of death. <laughs> so she kind of like got a little like jaded by just the party lifestyle that she'd been living for the last twenty years or ten years or twenty years. Mm-hmm. And she was like, "God, like I feel like kind of like it all amounted to nothing," and like all these amazing, beautiful artists and like profound people and like wonderful people, like bad things are happening all around me. She's like, I'm going to become a Republican. So she became a Republican Mm -hmm. in the mid eighties and early to mid eighties. And she actually was on the Reagan campaign. She was like a hardcore conservative. She was like, what did she say? She was like, I might be socially loopy, but I'm entitled to a pretty penny. Yeah. She, and I'll keep it. She created like fiscal conservatism, conservatism, like socially liberal, like, but fiscally conservative. Yeah. But then she like championed this new wave of conservatism and like conservatism. And like, honestly, like, I mean, I don't want to have to be the one to say this, but the reason where we're at politically today has a lot to do with Kristen's championing and work. She was a hardcore, she was like a hardcore like staffer. Like she intimidated people. She got people like to vote. She, she She was savvy. She was savvy. And like, and she had unlimited energy and just could like really galvanize the community. And she, you know, she'd seen it all. And this was her way of kind of fighting back against everything that she had seen and her way of resisting, even though it wasn't the right way. But it was all it was, she knew. I mean, it was the very right way. I mean, it was the, the far right way. But she... And then he got elected, of course. And then we were in the Reagan era. And we all know what happened. was happening then. Like, they were just, you know, garbage people who ignored... You Everything. Know, uh, lots of bad things that were going on. And mm-hmm. we don't have to go into it. And Kristen, at certain points, tried to maybe say, Hey, maybe we should be paying attention to that big thing that's happening in the 80s. Yeah. She's to like, a lot of people. A I've, lot of my friends. Lo- yeah. Like, I've lost a lot of people. And this actually is, like, important. And then Nancy Reagan would be like, oh, Shut up. Oh, honey. Shut the fuck up. And then Kristen was like, Nancy, you're a cunt. She was the first person to ever call Nancy Reagan a cunt. The C word. Yeah. And she was like... She stuck a cigarette and she goes, you know what, Nancy, you're a real cunt. So, of course, Nancy. Nancy was like, she's out of here. She got her fired. Yeah. And Kristen was not like, that that I matters will. because then Nancy Reagan eventually died and is in hell. Yeah. So, <laughs> that's, 
It's all good. When she anyway. got married, see, Kristen still kind of had her psychic abilities that would come to her every once in a while. And like Nancy turned on her after she dropped the C word bomb on her. And she was right. Yeah. She let her go. And then Kristen just like kind of lightly touched Nancy's hand and just went, she is, <laughs> you're going to burn in hell. And Nancy just like smiled, but it was true. So that's all we have to say about that. Yeah. <laughs> then, then she got Kristen. She decided she'd had enough of America. She was burnt out on America. So she went back to Britain. She got, or no, she went to, Oh, well, that was later. Okay. First, she got really into, um, she moved to Seattle. Okay. In the late 80s. Oh, amazing. She kinda, again, she keeps like, every era of hers is like a reaction against the last era. Mm-hmm. So she sort of like came from this conservative, like uber Republican moment and then was like, fuck that. I'm going back to my roots. Which yeah. Which was just chaos. Which was chaos. So she became like a hardcore pioneer of the grunge scene in Seattle. Yeah. And was like. She was fucking. She was a barista. But she, like. She would punch like customers if they were getting rowdy with the women there. And, she was like, a barista. She was also in like a girl band. Oh, she was in a riot girl band. Yeah. What were they called? They were called Jack and Coke. Jack and Coke. And they just like banged like surfaces. They would scream, 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 and then like bang chairs on the ground. And, and it was would, like, like bang with her foot. Yeah. She'd, she'd like, bang. Percussion thing and she would bang cans. And she'd be like, you don't care. No one fucking cares. And everyone would just cheer. Yeah, and she it was like spit on people. So moving, and the energy was so like raw and yeah. like her head was shaved. Her head was shaved. Yeah, it was incredible. She was, so she was so hot. Yeah, and she would just like rage out and like bang around. She hated men. Which she was hated men. Great. Was sexy. Yeah. She also worked as a stripper at like oh. a strip club. Yeah, and she would just she would strip in like a pair of like workman's boots and like a flannel shirt oh my god so she kind of started the flannel grunge phase yeah and she like you know who saw her in her girl band and was like way inspired kurt cobain holy shit and isaac from modest mouse Mm -hmm. they would like go to her kurt was like and in, she was an inspiration for him. Like when he started out in Nirvana, he was like, he always was like, yeah, maybe we'll do it like this. And he would have an image of Kristen being like, oh, fuck you. And yeah. Like, that's the kind of like nonchalant, like, I don't give a fuck if you're listening to me, but you're listening. So fuck you. Yeah. You know? And also like, I'm so depressed and like, how do I put a voice to like my depression? And these like dark thoughts. Yeah. And Kristen did that better than anyone. Cause she literally lived for like 50 years. It's all so much shit. Yeah. And so Kristen's like raging. She's again, muse to like a whole movement. Mm-hmm. And she met Courtney Love no when they way. were stripping. Oh, because Courtney did yeah, that. Yeah, because Courtney was a stripper too. And they kind of had like a no. fling with each other. Yes, they did. No. They did. Holy and they fuck. like lived together. Courtney like did heroin and Kristen did amphetamines. And they just like really were like a fucked up yin yang. Yeah. But it was major, and they and they like would play shows just for each other, and they're mm-hmm. and they're and they're like, and they would loft. write so much poetry together. Yeah, they wrote. She kind of Courtney was like 
writing some of her best songs while she, like early songs while mm-hmm. she was like with Kristen. Yeah. Kristen would be like, that's fucking great, man. Yeah. Rock and roll. Rock, Rock and, and roll. roll, baby. Rock and fucking roll. Rock and fucking roll, she would say. And she hadn't felt like this about anyone since her. <laughs> and then Kristen at one point was like, wait, I don't know how to write anymore. Yeah. I've done so many drugs. Kristen, she, her penmanship was never the best. <laughs> it was just like, and her spelling was like off, you know. Courtney taught her how to write. Courtney did teach Again. her how to write. Again. Yeah. yeah. Kristen like lost and after like the seventies <laughs> and early eighties, Kristen really lost the ability to actually physically write. Yeah. But Courtney took her by the hand. And led her. And led her. And it led to this like beautiful love relationship between the two of them. Yeah. But then Courtney left Kristen. Don't say it. For Kurt. <gasps> And again, Kristen was left heartbroken. Scorned. Scorned. Pissed. Riot. Riot. Rage. Rage. Don't tell me. Don't even say it. You know what she did. No. I'm not going to say it like explicitly, but she did something. That changed. That changed the course of history and ended Kurt's life. Stop. And... Not only that, but like lightly implemented Courtney in the whole thing as her like revenge. I mean, look, Kristen's no angel. She's not perfect. She's impulsive. You fuck her over and she will get the ultimate revenge on you. She does. She does. She will stop at nothing. It's actually really true. Yeah. That's her entire life. Damn. We're talking since the 1930s. This is what she's been like. You know, sands of time. It is what it is. They harden you. Rock and roll, baby. Rock and roll. So. So. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Kristen only had, there was one place where she could go after this. Down to Silicon Valley. Oh my God. The early dot com boom was happening. Yeah. And Kristen saw opportunity. She said. Yeah. She was like, I want to get in. Like, I want. I'm okay, I'm cutting you off. No, no, no. Go for it. I just please. had a flash of real. Remember when we found this out? Yeah. These like nerds were just in their garage one day. And yeah. And, and like out in like, you know, uh, Palo Alto or something. Yeah. And they were just like, what guys? Fuck. They were trying to do something like they thought they were like, they were on to this like idea of the internet and like connectivity connectivity and trying to think of like what they could do with it. To help people talk to each other really quickly. Yeah. Like, instantly almost. And they were like coding, but they still were like coming up dry. And then one day and one night, I should say, yeah, the garage door opened and standing there barefoot was Kristen. Yeah. She went, What's up, nerds? What's up, you fucking nerds? What's up, you fucking nerds? Don't look at me like that. Don't look at me. None of you look at me. She went. Don't look at me. She fired a warning shot. Yeah. (laughs) By the time Kristen was always like heavily armed. Oh, she had. She had. Because she was like, people are on to me. People are on to me. I need to protect myself. But also, she was like, you know what? I've never had in my life money, and I want it now. And she saw the opportunity in the dot com boom. She fired a warning shot, and she said, "No one look at me. Face the wall." Yeah. She goes. She looked up their coding. She ran their data and was like, this is good. This is good, you nerds. This is really good. I want a job here. And they're like, all right, can you type things? And she was like, yeah, I can type. But like, they 
had to stop having her type things because she was breaking too many keyboards. Because whenever she would type, she would go like that. Yeah, she'd just be like... And, like, she taught herself how to code, which she, was cool. She was a pioneer in coding. She was a pioneer in coding in, like, C++. It but, really weirdly made sense to her because she was on so many amphetamines <laughs> that she just was like... But she, but a lot of her codes were off because she was typing too many things because whenever she would hit the keyboard, she would always type too many letters. So the coding always had, like, an extra few numbers to it. But randomly, through that coding, she, like... It was, like, through all the glitches in her coding, she ended up inventing a what we know today is AOL. She was typing, typing, and everything was wrong. Nothing was working with the internet. And then suddenly the dial-up tone, dial tone that she heard came on. Yeah, it came on. And, and she, she goes, was, guys, we're online. We're online. <laughs> everyone. And everyone was like, what? what? And she was like, we're online. She's and they were like, like, oh, okay. She was like, whatever. <laughs> and so she then like downloaded the program immediately to a CD-ROM. A floppy disk. Uh, yeah. A CD. And she waved it around. She waved it. She was like, this is it. This is I've the done? future. And they were like, okay, cool. Can we have it? And they're, she was like. Well, she's like, they're like, what do you want to call it? Like you kind of invent, you can take the lead on this one, Dodie. They all called her Dodie because it yeah. was like bros. That's yeah. like when she started being <laughs> called Dodie. It was like early Silicon Valley bros. Yeah. And like, what's it going to be, Dodie? What do you want to call it? And she was like. I'm going to call it, yeah, I'm fucking here. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fucking That's online. the name. That's the name. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. online. We're and, online. And we're fucking like, online. And they're like, mm, I don't think so. so. WFO. We're fucking online. We're fucking online. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, that's, that's not going to work. That's not going to work. So they went with AOL and she, of course, didn't get any credit. Well, yeah, she, they were like, we went to go with AOL and she was like, you guys are fucking full of shit. You're fucking, fuck you, fuck off. And just like threw the CD-ROM at the guys in the garage. And just stormed keys. off and they were like, cool. And they used it and they started AOL. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so there was only one place to go after the America Online thing failed for her. England. England. Back to Europe. She got really into the Britpop scene. She was fucking both of the Gallagher brothers for a while. That's Robbie like Williams. why they feuded so hard. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, their feud was because of her. Yeah. And that also started like she was always at the concerts. Like she, that's when she got a real taste for rock and roll was like, be, you know, with Tom Sandoval and everything. But especially like kind of emo front men like, yeah. that have like a Britpop edge. Mm-hmm. That's where she like fully just like loved it so yeah. hard. And like, so like you'd see this girl in the concerts, like in the front being like, she was like doing what Gwyneth was doing at Coldplay with like her headphones on at like yeah. live eight with Apple Martin, you know, mm-hmm. you know, those pictures of them where they both had the big, and it was like so cool. But Kristen was doing that like five years before. Yeah. And of course we all know Gwyneth classic Dodie, classic Gwyneth, classic Gwyneth. <laughs> Stealing to everyone stole from Dodie. So the Britpop scene sort of ended as very quickly as it does. And Kristen decided that she was going to. Well, actually, she had another run in with Lisa. 
during this Oh my this God. Time. That's yeah. right. Because Lisa and Ken were living in England. And they were like a restaurant tours. Yeah. They were they restaurant a, tours at this point. They had lots of nightclubs. They so were like many on the night. scene. They had like 27 restaurants. And one night this... The Shadow Lounge the was shadow like a lounge. big moment for them. And like Kristen would always be at the Shadow Lounge just like chaining yeah. in a booth somewhere. And Lisa looked over at her and she was like, I know that girl from somewhere. Who's and she that? strolled up to her and she go, and she looked at her and she goes, what's your secret? Yeah. Why haven't you aged? And, and Lisa was like, what kind of sorcery are you doing? <laughs> Doty. What kind of warlock are you? Mm-hmm. And Kristen was like, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't what? even know who you are. Lisa goes, tell me your secret, witch. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, I could have you burned at the stake. They do that to ones like you. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Because Chris- I don't trust your youth. <laughs> I don't trust it one bit. I've had seven nose jobs since we <laughs> saw each other. Really, tell me. She's like, really, tell me your secret. You no, know, she's like, really, who's the doctor? Like, <laughs> give me names. Like, it's chill. Are we fine now? Yeah, are we cool from that whole thing? And yeah. Kristen's like, no, we're not cool. Kristen's like, no, we're not. She puts her cigarette and she goes, and this place sucks, by the way. And she storms out. She's like, it smells like farts in here. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa was like, I knew it. <laughs> That's why Lisa started getting into like flowers is because, <laughs> because Kristen told her that the shadow lounge smelled like reeked of farts. So then Lisa insisted on having fresh flowers everywhere she went <laughs> and every property that she owned had to have fresh flowers after that. It's true. So Kristen <laughs> stormed out. And then Lisa was like, who the fuck was this witch, actually? Like, she was like, something's not right. Something. And so she hired, like, a PI. To follow Kristen around London. To follow Kristen around London and, like, try and get to the bottom of, like, whatever witchcraft she's pulling. But Kristen, you know, she has no state. She has no fucks to give in this world. No. And she decided to burn her trail. Well, you knew <laughs> what she did. She literally. She fucking took a taxi. (laughs) (laughs) She took a taxi. She hopped in a cab again. She said, "Step on it." Hopped in a cab at Piccadilly Circus (laughs) and said, "Get me to the country." She drove out to the country. She drove out to Lisa and Ken's country house and burned it to the fucking ground. (laughs) And Lisa and Ken pulled up from one of their like nights out at Shadow Lounge, and their house was on fire. Ken's like running in to save the dogs, and Lisa's just sitting there, and she goes like. This is unfortunate. (laughs) And then, like, they were obviously, like, sad and devastated. But a few weeks later, Lisa got this, like, fat insurance check. And she was like, hmm, Hmm. maybe that witch is on to something (laughs) after all. And that's why we believe Lisa. And that's how Lisa got into burning down her properties for insurance (laughs) money. Allegedly. Allegedly. But we all know it's happening. We don't know that for sure, but we just think maybe. You like have a very formidable theory that she, I'm a truther of this, but you're also on like, you're on like a fire radio listening for when she sets fire to Sir. Because there's always a fire. There's at Sir. always a fire. The one at Tom Tom, believe me, I'll bet in the next two years there'll be a freak fire at Tom Tom. You keep an eye out. People go, No, it's fucking true. It's happening. But it's not true for the record. It's not true at all. I just don't want her to think that I'm the whistleblower. (laughs) 
even though I am, but now she I has have a file on you. She definitely does. Yeah. <laughs> she if anything bad happens number. to me, like I have a staircase type accident in my apartment, <laughs> which I realized that other after I watched the staircase for forever, I didn't put together that I lived in a staircase <laughs> that that could easily become of me. Yeah, if we're both dead, if we're in the both next dead, six months. I'd say within the next sixteen week? years. If anything oh, oh, weird happens, lo- Lisa loves a slow burn. Yeah, she's not going to go quickly. She wants to draw it out. Also, if I ever like go crazy and like you hear about it, that wasn't true. I'm just going to say that now for protective purposes. <laughs> <They're>, <laughs> As I'm doing like fan fiction, like forced <laughs> forced everyone here to come out to listen to us like spiel off about Kristen Doty. I think, I'm, like, I'm I think there's a good chance sane. both of us are going to be considered. <laughs> Threats to ourselves in the public. But yeah, so um, Lisa burns yeah. down things for insurance money is the bottom line. <laughs> so anyway, Kristen anyways, was like, I got to get out of England. So she went back to L.A. Yeah. And then she got back to L.A. like right in like in like 2005, right when like all this exciting like celebrity stuff was brewing. Like so Lindsay like, Lohan, like, Paris Hilton, yeah, Nicole Richie, Britney Spears when she was like before 2007. And Kristen was out one night at Chateau Marmont when she heard like Kristen was doing. She was on like a no food kick. So yeah. she ordered no like, food, all ketamine, no food, all ketamine. She got really into ketamine. because She was like blow really did nothing for her. And she was trying to take a break off of amphetamines. But then she was like, I need something to take the edge off. So yeah. she would do a lot of K and like go to Chateau. And then she would order. She'd just be like, can I have a three sticks of asparagus? With balsamic vinaigrette on the side. And they were like, yeah. They're like, yeah, that's sexy. And she's like, I know, right? Give me a lighter. And so (laughs) then she'd like smoke and be in a K-hole and eat asparagus. And this woman, this real thin... Kind of like Loretta. Goblin of a woman that we... Kristen at first thought was Loretta. She was like, oh, fuck, she's alive. She's alive! It was Rachel Zoe. It was Rachel Zoe, Yeah. (laughs) She's like, what are you doing over there? Rachel said, was like, that's amazing. What did you just order? That was amazing. <laughs> Kristen was like, it's fucking asparagus. Ever heard of it? And she's like, no, the other thing. No. What? Oh, ketamine? And she's like, yeah. She's like, they give my dogs that sometimes at the vet. And she's like, yeah, I like don't eat anything except asparagus. And yeah. it's great. And Kristen she's was like, like, I put it in my ass. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> So she that's like, how Rachel Zoe started her like started. Well, she was like, do you want to work for me? And Kristen was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Kristen is a kind of person that since when you live forever, you just say yes to everything. She's, she comes from a place of yes. Yeah. Always. That's like she started that trend too, coming mm-hmm. from a place of yes. So Kristen started working for Rachel, but she wasn't like really... <laughs> She, we'll go back in a second explain that last slide. But she started working for Rachel, and since she wasn't really, like, chic, like, Kristen never learned how, like, good style. You would think that no. someone that's lived for almost 100 years would learn how to dress themselves, but no. Not Kristen. Not Kristen. So she started working for Rachel and became known as, like, the go-to ketamine dealer in Los Angeles. Specifically for Rachel Zoe's stable of starlets. Yeah. And you so... Because she was, like, styling, like, Lindsay Lohan, Anne Hathaway, Kate Hudson, like, all the girls, like, the, the you know, mid-aughts girls. Yeah, Nicole Richie. Nicole Richie. And so 
they'd say they they'd go K is for Kristen, <laughs> and then Kristen would come over. She had like a K necklace. She had like a little K necklace. She'd like give them a bump if you were at the club, or she'd just like give you a vial that you could like up your butt, mm-hmm. which to, by her account subtle. was like the most effective way. Yeah. yeah, and it's subtle. She's like, I love it like this. So Kristen, something about this photo that Kristen's, you don't know. Kristen's actually in the back seat. Passed out because she went into a K-hole. And she's like, I just got to sit down. Yeah. And she laid down and missed this like prime photo opportunity. So again, she's missing the boat and she could have been in this very like, you know, iconoclast moment in yeah. pop culture, but she's back there somewhere. So she, she dealt K for a little while <laughs> and she, when she met Lindsay, the two of them oh my God. They really hit it off. She was Lindsay's girlfriend at this time. Yeah. That's she was, why she was in the back seat. She was pre Samron. She was pre pre Samro. So and they, yeah, yet again. She left her for Sam Ronson. Mm-hmm. So Kristen was left behind once again. And this time she was like truly like it was like she was the end of her rope. Yeah. Like she literally was like, What can I I can never find love? I can't kill myself. So what should I do? And she said, maybe I'll work at a restaurant. Maybe I'll work at a restaurant. Then she was like, fuck that. I would never want to work at a restaurant. Then one day she was in, I think she was in like CVS. She was at CVS and she met, she saw this cashier with a bowl cut. And she was like, braces. she was like, that's the hottest fucking girl I've ever seen. (laughs) And she approached him. Yeah, it was Tom. No, that is a sticker for you. Another genius, ladies and gentlemen. Aunt Freckle. Aunt Freckle. So Kristen decided she was like, I'm going to make my move on this fucking bartender. No, not even a bartender. (laughs) CBS CBS tender. She was like, I'm going to buy some gum. Yeah. She bought some gum. And get one of those really long receipts. Yeah. And so she, she bought gum and gum, a bottle of Dasani, a bottle of Dasani, her favorite walked. water. And <laughs> she bought three packs of cool, cool <laughs> cigarettes. She loved menthols. You know that. She about did. Her. And when the receipt printed out, the Tom. cashier, Tom Sandoval, who she thought was a woman at the time, was like, here's your seat. And she threw she it around like his that. neck. And pulled him, pulled him in real close. And she said, said "Hey, want to live together?" <laughs> and he and said, "Yeah, hell yeah, you're hot." <laughs> so she was like, "Thanks." Name's Dodie, Kristen Dodie. And then it wasn't until that night that they started fucking that she realized that Tom Sandoval was actually a dude. <laughs> and then she was like. Whatever. I guess we have to live with each other now. Yeah, we're going to live here. She was like, this apartment. <laughs> there was no great. door. She didn't love the apartment. No. She was like, The door whatever. had like a, a big cardboard box in the, in the frame. Yeah. And she was just like, this will just be a blip on the radar anyways. I live forever. But then... That's not Years how it went happened. by. And she and Tom lived together. And then one day, she was walking around in West Hollywood. And she... 
walked into this restaurant called Sir. It was like she had to like stand back because the smell was so like potent. It was the like, florals and she was like god it smells like farts with flowers in here yeah she was like what oh, the fuck is this smells familiar but like pungent at yeah. the same time she was just pungent as fuck and all the people are like setting up and they're like what and she goes why is it so fucking pungent and all of a sudden out of the woodwork comes lisa vanderpump almost floating almost floating yeah and she walks right up to her and she goes hello witch hello witch <laughs> I knew I'd see you again. Knew your soul, the wind blowing my way. She went, what? What? What's going on here? Do you have a cigarette? <laughs> Can Lisa I get a glass of wine? So she sat down at a table with Lisa, and Lisa goes, Lisa goes, drink your potion, <laughs> mystical sorceress. You can. Do, I know. She goes, do something with it. She goes. Do a trick. Do a trick for me. <laughs> Kristen goes, so it doesn't work you. like that. It doesn't work like that. And Lisa goes, Speaking of work. Speaking of work, I have a proposition for you. And I think it's an offer you won't be able to refuse. <laughs> and then she proceeds to tell her that she's not only hired a private investigator to find out everything, but she basically is like, The jig is up, witch. I'm going to report you to the government. Yeah. She had pulled out a manila envelope just full of like photos. Photos like, from receipts. years. All th- f- photos from the fucking circus in the 30s. <laughs> Pictures of her like in the booth. Photos of like, yeah, her spooky little tent. Coffee Kristen. A photo of her like with like rosy ch- raggedy Ann makeup on just like. Pounding on the piano with like a leg up yeah. with the drum on her back, like the, in a whole, like, what is it called? An accordion. Yeah. She, a picture dancing her, around. A picture of to like USO. the Olivia Bartholomew headshot. Yeah. That was like taped up because it used to be ripped and mm-hmm. kind of burned on the sides. Yeah. A photo of Bel Air on fire. And Lisa goes, I live in that neighborhood now. And the only one who'll be setting fires there <laughs> is me. <laughs> like you can't prove shit and she goes oh can't i i can and i will (laughs) she goes all right what do i have to do she goes you'll work for me forever (laughs) (laughs) it's like scientology she pulls out like a huge scroll it's like longer than a huge scroll and a quill and a quill and And she she passes it to her and she goes and christine goes i don't want to do this she goes, you don't have a choice, you demon. <laughs> witch. You witch demon. She goes, I'll start a crucible right here and now. She goes, I need your alchemy. This restaurant, it can, it's going places. She goes, I, see, I know you see it, witch. <laughs> Kristen gets a sudden flash. Sudden flash of like she lights, her whole, camera, action. She hears the theme song for Vanderbump Rules. Just she like, like, doesn't understand it. She has like an instant migraine and falls to the James ground. James Kennedy's face just goes like, hey. Yeah. It's that shot of James jumping into the pool in yeah. season two when you like first see him and you're like, who's that lizard man? And like, and, and it's like Kristen sees all of this in like a rush and then feels, then she sees like Stassi rearing back to like yeah, slap, slap her. her in the face. She sees Jack's bloody face. Yeah, she sees Jax as like volcano dick. (laughs) 
Parker cries Krakatoa dick. She sees the DVD menu of Drive and she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> she sees she sees Tom she sees Tom Schwartz triplet brothers really fast and she's like, oh god no! What the fuck? <laughs> She sees a shot of Stasi with the bullet hole painted on her face from her birthday party. Going, it's my birthday! Yeah. She, she sees Katie falling through the skylight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she sees Randall. Yeah. Getting Kybella. <laughs> She's like, what is that? <laughs> She sees, like, a vagina up close, and she's like, cool. And then she looks up, and it's Britney. (laughs) She's like, fine, I'll work here. (laughs) Whatever. Sounds good. Signs. And then, years go by, (laughs) Kristen's basically an indentured servant to Lisa. She makes, like, $1 an hour. Yeah. And Lisa, and like, Lisa, won't pay Lisa, her. Lisa, like, dangles it over her. She, she pulls out, like, a stocking with pennies in it. Mm. <laughs> she, She's like, Kristen, she I paycheck, put your whole paycheck in a stocking just like Kristen. you like it. Coffee <laughs> Kristen. She's, like, torturing her. Because yeah. <laughs> Lisa's just mad that she was a lesbian once. And taking it out on poor Kristen. But then Lisa gets famous on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. And when she hears that Lisa is going to start a spinoff called Vanderpump Rules, Kristen comes knocking. On her office door. On her office door. She goes upstairs to that weird office above Sir. She doesn't knock on it. She She kicks kicks open open the door. (laughs) (laughs) And she walks in and goes, can I have a cigarette? And Lisa goes, take it. Mm -hmm. She lights up a cig. the cigarette out of her own mouth and just gives it to Kristen. She goes, you're here for something, aren't you, witch? What is it you want now? And Kristen said, I want in. And she goes, in on what? And she goes, you know what I'm talking about. Because Lisa hadn't proposed the spinoff <laughs> yet. But no. Kristen saw it and she knew it Kristen was coming. Kristen saw it. She put it all together, like, finally. Because her clairvoyance, like, she ran from it over the years. But it really came back when she got to West Hollywood. Right. <laughs> As it does with everyone. Yeah. Right? And uh, <laughs> Kristen said... I know you're going to do a fucking show and I want to be on the show. I want in. And Lisa said, no, <laughs> that's laughable. I don't let witches on my shows. I don't cast witches. <laughs> you Go. cast spells. I don't cast you. Yeah. And Kristen goes, well, guess what? And then she just grabs Lisa's face and looks in. As soon as she touches it, she sees all of Lisa and Ken's sorted past flashing before her eyes. All the fires. So many fires. <laughs> Arms dealing, drug dealing, a few murders. Kidnapping. An explosion. Just kidnapping. a random explosion. Yeah, just an explosion. Kidnapping. A- and a helicopter. <laughs> and she says, I see it all. And I, I know, know everything it all. you've done. And guess what? You can go to the government but I'll go to the FB fucking eye. And then she said, suck a dick. And she said, suck a dick. Let me on the show. And then Lisa said, well, it seems as though I have no choice. 
I'm on a real 69 right now. <laughs> <laughs> and then they started 69ing. Yeah. And then they <laughs> fucked one last time because it was really hot. Like, I'm turned on right now thinking of them, like, negotiating the terms yeah. of their deal. But then Kristen, so she got on the show. So they mutually blackmailed each other into where we are now. But all along, Lisa knew she would demote her. Yeah. And that's why you see Lisa hates Kristen so much is because she's worked for her for so long, but they have this relationship where they're always holding each other hostage. Because they were lovers in the 70s. Yeah. And Lisa abandoned Kristen, but she's always really loved her the most. She's the only person that's ever made Lisa squirt. (laughs) (laughs) And to this day... To this day. So, that's... (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for coming tonight. (laughs) Thank you, Carrie, for being on this journey with me. Thank you for having me on this journey. Yeah, give it up for Carrie. Give it up for Didi, our DJ. Give it up House for Maddie, DJ. who did the slide. Give it up for resident downtown LA for our providing this space. Our photographer, Spencer. Every one of you who came, you're all fucking geniuses. And give it up for Kristen Doughty, most of all. Give it up for Kristen Doughty. Yes. And give it up for Loretta. Give it up for Loretta. And Loretta's the one who grandmother. Started it all. Give it up for the Dust Bowl. <laughs> Give it up for John Steinbeck. <laughs> Give it up for Woodrow. Okay, I'm going to stop. <laughs> for Theodore Roosevelt. For Herbert Hoover. Give it up for him making the deal. <laughs> the new deal. Give it up for the new deal. Give it up for the stock market. <laughs> Give it up for Adam and Eve. <laughs> All right, that's it. The lights go out. <laughs> Bye. I know, I know I'm feeling. Cause I know, I know I'm feeling. Cause I know, I know. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.